Are you feeling stuck, lost, tired, or uninspired? We've all been there, including myself. I'm Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. I'm here to tell you that the best, unapologetic, and limitless version of yourself is yet to come. The Born Unbreakable podcast is here to inspire just that. With motivating guests from all different walks of life and around the world, their stories will empower you to unlock abundance and your unbreakable spirit. Do you need accountability? Reach out to me for a free consultation of how I can support you in reaching your maximum potential. This episode is brought to you by Sherpa Way Marketing. Are you a business looking to gain greater visibility online through search engine optimized content? Maybe you need effective ad campaigns to kickstart or bolster traffic to your website. Sherpa Way Marketing has seasoned experts that are bilingual in English and Spanish. Let them take the guesswork away and enhance your brand positioning with their comprehensive marketing services. Go to SherpaWayMarketing.com. That's S-H-E-R-P-A-W-A-Y marketing.com to schedule your free 45-minute consultation today. Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast. We're back with a friend of mine that I met through another friend of mine. <laughs> um, and this topic we're going to discuss today is one that I've been anticipating for a while because I think about it often, and it's happiness. Uh, that's a really broad subject matter, <laughs> but specifically happiness in the workplace. And the workplace for many of us comes in all shapes and sizes these days, whether you are a small business owner, uh, whether you work from home, you step into an office, maybe you work for a corporation. Uh, it's an important part of what keeps us going. And if there's anything less than great happiness at work, then it might make you not want to wake up and do what you do every day. Um, so I have an expert with me today, Tia Graham. I'll tell you a little bit about Tia. Uh, she's the founder of Arrive at Happy, and she's also the best-selling author of Be Happy as a Leader. Be a happy leader. Be a happy leader. She has it here. If you're watching on YouTube, check it out. Be, Be a happy leader. You can find it Tia, what's the best place that people can go? Amazon? Yeah, Amazon, Barnes & Noble's local, like bookshop.org is uh, local bookstores. But yeah, audio, ebook, or paperback. Are you kidding? Everything. You could get it in every shape and size of how you do books today. And this is probably my favorite thing to say is this title, Tia, Certified Happiness Officer. Like every place needs to have one of those. And, and I know they don't, but hopefully from what you're going to share with us today is that we're on a trend or maybe an uptick to, oh, yeah. to having more people that are trained to, to do this kind of great work. Um, but I, I know you've worked with a lot of different organizations, um, thing, places like Hilton hotels. I know you came from the, the luxury hotel space, mm -hmm. Hewlett Packard, the American Heart Association. So you've been around a few blocks. Mm -hmm. talking with uh, leaders, corporations about this subject matter of how to elevate employee engagement, which I don't know 
anywhere that is not trying to do that. Mm -hmm. I work personally in the hospital space, so I'm talking with executives in that sector around just that all the time. Uh, employee engagement, improve, improving the experience, improving morale. Uh, yeah. What other things can people be doing to, to have longevity, to, uh, to work on their retention? Yes. And work on actually attracting talent. What What's yes. the kind of environment and culture do you want to promote that you're cultivating that makes people go, and that is a place where I want to be. That mm -hmm. sounds like a place that I can stri uh, uh, thrive um, and strive towards my goals uh, mm -hmm. for the long term. Um, so first of all, thank you for taking time to be here. Of you're very course, busy. my pleasure. <laughs> Um, but what, you know, as you've gotten into the space and you've worked with so many corporations, like I mentioned, what are some of the challenges? What are some of the challenges that are preventing people from, you know, having a happy work environment? Yes. So the, the top ones, I would say, cause there's a lot of different factors, but some of the big ones right now are long working hours known as overwork. And um, there really is sort of this cult of overwork. There's a glamorization of overwork. Although the research shows that after 50 hours of work a week, your productivity and your output takes a nosedive. And the happiest people in the world are the ones in Scandinavia, and they work an average of about 37 hours a week. So when you are overworking, you are sacrificing, you know, sleep, exercise, maybe eating healthy foods, spending time with friends and family, et cetera. Time for hobbies, time for rest, for just relaxing. So that's a really, really big one. Um, another one is toxicity or you know, negative work environments. Um, the research shows that two thirds of managers in the United States are disengaged, but they're not engaged with their work. So that's a lot of unhappiness trickling down the corporate ladder You know, if they're not engaged. And so um, so that's a big one too, of, you know, not having very, not receiving very much positive communication, whether that's written verbal over Slack. Um, so just this lack of sort of positivity and optimism within the workplace as well. Um, and then lack of autonomy or, you know, micromanagement. So autonomy is a huge driver of happiness while working, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're in an organization. So it's really, you know, having this culture of trust where, um, everyone is treated like an adult and that you assume people are doing their best and you're not, you know, not micromanaging. Um, and then another big one is a tremendous focus on results, the results of the business, the revenue, the market share, et cetera. Um, all of these metrics, which of course you're a business, you're in business or you have a business. It's in my background in sales and marketing. So I'm all about results. But it's lopsided where there's not as much focus on relationships and people. And to have to be a successful leader, to be a successful entrepreneur, you really need to have both. It's results and relationships. Yet most people within business focus way more on results. Um, and ironically, when you, if you don't focus on relationships, it hurts the results. So, um, they so go hand in hand. I have a lot more, but those are some big ones. Oh, those are big ones. And that you're so right. Results in relationships, it's totally what it comes down to. Yeah. Every organization that I've ever connected with and even talking to friends that are in other industries, yeah. that is the, 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 the theme of the day. 
uh, because everyone is striving for more. Yeah. You know, a bigger share, like you said, or expansion, growth, all of those things I think are, yeah. are so huge. And is there a way to balance that? Yes. Is there a way yes. to have both? So I want to back up and say that this is a way of thinking, okay? So the happy brain operates differently than a negative brain, someone's feeling negative most of the time, or neutral, not, not super happy, but not miserable, right? That's sort of like, know that when you are happy, when you're well, your brain operates differently. And also... Happy people are more successful in business. So there was just a massive study done with uh, close to a million people over five years. It was all different levels of the military. And you might think military and corporate America are very different, but it is a huge business. It's an organization to think of all the different levels and the titles of people working, right? And the study showed that happy, and this is one, this is, I'm just citing one. There's multiple studies that, show, that prove this, that the happy people out of these million people were four times more likely to get a promotion, to make more money, to get an award or an accolade. So how you feel directly impacts how successful you are in business. There was also a huge study done in 2019 with Oxford University and a big British telecom company. And it showed that when you're happy while you're working, you're 13% more productive. I actually think it's higher, but this is what the study showed, you know, you're, you're actually more creative and innovative when you're happy. Your brain, as I said, your brain operates differently. You will sell more. You will take better care of customers. So when you think about balance, what I want everyone listening to know is that your happiness and your well-being is a part of your business plan. It's not separate. It's not work, life. Okay, I have all my work and then I do these things. What? How you live your life when you're not working affects how successful you are at work. So if you're not sleeping, if you're not exercising, if you're not spending time with friends and family, if you're not experiencing, you know, investing in your marriage, I just got back from, you know, we were talking about trip to the Caribbean, all of these different things, you are going to show up differently as an entrepreneur and as, you know, as, as someone in business. So if you want to be more successful, make more money, grow your business, I mean, happiness is is, is a vehicle to do that. It's vital. Your it's your energy. I say the happiness imperative. Yes. Yeah. It's it, your energy emanates, and and as as a leader, if you know personally, I know that the energy that I bring to a meeting, whether it's like this virtually and we're looking at each other through the computer screen yeah. or me physically walking into a room, it can make or break the whole vibe and and how much people are there to contribute or tune out. To, it, yeah, to are you motivating them? Are you motivating them? And yeah, energy is contagious. Emotional contagion. Emotions are contagious. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, it's it's funny because the one of the biggest place that I've seen a seen stark examples because I travel quite a bit. Yeah, is on the airplane. Uh, the difference between when you have a stewardess who smiles at you, makes yes. eye contact with you. Oh, I couldn't um, agree more. 
engages with you and 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 all of a sudden that's your experience it's like mm -hmm. you know it sucked that i was delayed and it took longer but man that was an awesome flight that stewardess yeah. was great no she gave me some extra pretzels whatever yeah. um but but it it changes the experience, it changes the experience. Right? it's yeah. so true yeah and you know we think about all these resources you know that you have in in business right you have your team members, money is a resource. You might use that money for marketing, you know, sales development, whatever. These are all resources, but energy, the energy that people bring, that's another mm -hmm. resource, you know, and it's, it's, it's an organizational resource that, um, you know, can impact productivity and what's productivity. It's getting more done. It's working faster. So it's not about hours, mm -hmm. right? It's about what you do. So, um, yeah, I think that, is palpable. I mean, yeah. you, you could tell when a team is just de like just in the dumps. Yes. Everyone's just, do you have any ideas? And it's silent. You know, I mean, right. people are just like, is it time to go home? Is this right. over yet? I mean, it's, it's not a good time. So right. one of my questions is this, because uh, there's, there's so many efforts in the, in the, in the vein of uh, employee engagement, right? Because people are just, most of the times what you see is in whether, whether it's a small place, a big place, there's some kind of survey, right? Maybe yeah. that's done um, with some questions. Hopefully it's done a number of times, either a couple times a year. So you can yeah. see quarter over quarter or year over year. Are we yeah, doing better or worse? Way more than once a year. That's for sure. Yeah, Hopefully it's more than that. You know, maybe that's the first, the, one of the first steps is to figure out what that frequency is. Yeah. So there's that data point. And usually it's that, it's that of which there's an, a team of people, leaders that take that information and go, huh, we have some areas of opportunity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We can work on this. Mm -hmm. So when you're coming to an organization, by the time Tia gets a phone call mm -hmm. and is like, we have some work to do, what does the process look like for when you step in and either examine existing results or if they have nothing, then right. what, what do you do with measured. that? What if, what if, what if there's, I mean, hopefully there's something that you can look at, but, yeah, if but there no, sometimes there isn't. Yeah. Or there's one organization I was recently working with and they measure every three years. And I was thinking, Yikes. what is the point? <laughs> just don't, don't, don't do anything. That's just like makes people. So yeah. So absolutely. The, the, in addition to using the engagement, the relevant engagement data or doing more like, um, and I have my own measurement tools that I will help with uh, support with organizations measurement tools. It's also working with the leadership group and the executives of getting a really clear understanding of what are your business goals and what are your people goals, right? Where are you trying to go in the next 24 months? Where, where, what are, you know, customer satisfaction, et cetera. And the companies know their metrics, right? This is the results piece really well. And then it's, okay, and what are your people goals? What do you want your culture to be like, et cetera? And then what I do is I create various options for that organization and for the teams based on everything that they've told me. So I will give a variety of options that will include professional development and um, inspiration for the leaders, managers, supervisors. And then a lot of times I will come in and, you know, give talks to a whole organization as well. And um, it is a for for the leaders, because the majority of who I work with are leaders of people. For the leaders, there's really two main pillars. And my whole goal is helping businesses grow. That's what that's what Arrive at Happy does. The two pillars of growth come from 
teaching leaders how to increase their own happiness and well-being so that they're more successful. Because remember, you're more productive, creative, um, you will sell more, you'll have more retention. Yeah, from an empty cup. Right? And and exactly. And you're healthier, you live longer, you'll have better personal relationships. I mean, there's just endless benefits. So that's the first part is using the science of happiness and neuroscience. And I teach people how to increase their own happiness, all you know, based on research. And then the second pillar is, which is where the certified chief happiness officer comes in, is what can leaders do day in, day out to increase the happiness and create sustainable happiness for everyone working in the organization? And I have lots of different topics under those where it's, you know, yes, it's great. You do a holiday party. That's awesome that you offer a yoga class once a month. But let's talk about actually how people feel every single day because, you know, you know, emotion drives behavior. So you want people feeling more joy, excitement, calm, pride, connection than anger, frustration, stress. Yes, everyone's going to feel some of that at work, but it's about more more of the more of the pleasant. So that's what I do is I work with leaders. Sometimes it's a keynote talk. Sometimes it's a full day. I'll do like executive retreats. Um, there's a couple organizations I'm working with right now where it's, you know, ongoing leadership training every single month, in addition to some cult, um, coaching and consulting. Um, but and then I leave, I give people a lot of resources. So in addition to the book, I have a tremendous amount of resources under both of those pillars so that they can they can have and, and do have a 12-month happiness plan, right? Happy for the leader, happy for the team and the organization. So that is that's that's my process. Everyone needs a 12-month happiness plan. That that is my statement for the day. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, think so. you, I mean if you're listening right now, can you imagine, this is, I'm, I'm just thinking about it. Can you imagine being at a place where either you as a leader were committed to everyone having that, or you as a person working with a leader had that? Yeah. I mean, that changes how you look at what you're doing, that you actually can get excited that joy is a priority. In and that's, it does. I'm so glad you day. said that because what, when I do do talks and I'm working with, um, you know, I want to say, I don't know what the right time, I don't want to say frontline, but you know, different, different team members, right? Not the executives yeah. and managers, but different team members in the organization. So many times they say, wow, it's so cool that my company brought in a happiness expert. Like that, that we're, you know, because a lot of times there's vocational training, you know, you're learning about, like a productivity expert, like exactly harder. Exactly. <laughs> right, right. Where, because it, I mean, it's, it's, it shows so much care and humanity and investing in them, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, and everyone, I mean, there's, there's over 170,000 research articles just on human happiness and it's grown. It's probably bigger by now. I mean, there's so much research and that was one of my main motivators when I studied with the Harvard professor who taught happiness at Harvard was like, oh my gosh, everyone needs to know this information. The whole world needs what's being taught at Yale and Harvard in regards to human happiness. So um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a joy to be able to, to teach others. 
Well, it's huge because so much of the conversations that I'm a part of on this podcast and with the world of business is yeah. managing depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. overwhelm, stress. Mm-hmm. And, and that is part of the reason why I have seen an uptick through the pandemic. Part of it was just the envir- environmental factors that pushed a lot of organizations to emphasize their wellness programs. Yeah. That was a big thing that I started seeing pop up. Of, of, yeah. of, I'm not saying they didn't exist because I, I, I do think that many times they did, but the promotion of it wasn't yes. very strong as far as saying, hey, you actually can take a mental health day. We yeah. do offer this you know, virtual yoga or um, uh, meditation. Yes. And then there were some like, I think even maybe it was Bumble mm-hmm. where and other companies I also saw that, you know, hey, we're giving everyone a week off. I just saw um, PWC announce that. So normally they have summer Fridays, I think July and August, where on Friday at noon, everyone stops working. And they just added the month of June. So now it's summer Fridays, June, July and August of, yeah, we're going to give people more of a break, you know? So yeah, there no, there's a huge explosion. Um, and Deloitte actually has a chief well-being officer inside the company. Um, this woman named Jen Fisher. So yeah, for sure. There's that's one of the big silver linings of the pandemic that companies are focusing more on, like you said, people's wellness and just well-being overall. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that I'm a big because I'm a consultant, so I, I know all of the the Deloitte's and the PWCs. It's been the industry that I've been in for 17 years, and so um, there is. Anytime there is the introduction of something that can change the trajectory and the behavior of how people operate and how organizations thrive is sustainability. And I, this is probably like a, a thing that if people have listened to me a number of times, they're like, oh, sustainability. They should talk about sustainability again. But it's <laughs> like- a good thing to talk about. You, if you don't have it, then what was the point, right? right? It's kind of like the person that goes on a diet and says, I'm going to lose this weight and does whatever they need to do for 30 to 60 days. And then after that, you're back to whatever was happening previously. And and, and so it was kind of a, it was an interesting effort, but it wasn't a sustained effort. Right. So I'm curious as a part of your process, whether you're, you're spending a short amount of time because there's, like you said, there's different customizations that you do with places, whether it's, I'm just going to give you some tools and resources and you're doing the do it yourself method, mm-hmm. or, you know, you're, someone's doing the full retreats and like deeper level of engagement. How yeah. do you, how do you work with places where you feel confidence in the sustainment of the new things that they're introducing in their, their organizations? Yeah, such a great organization. So for me, the people, there are different people to reach that reach out to me. And of course, I also do business development because I'm an entrepreneur. And I choose to work with people who believe in what, you know, they're not, it's not like a check the box, like, oh, we need to have, because I mean, I don't do yoga or meditation. It's, you know, it's a, it's positive psychology and neuroscience. But if I, if I get any um, inclination or, you know, you're listening to your gut of like, oh, this is a, I actually would 
I, I would make the decision of, okay, you know, cause I don't want to, I don't want to just be a check the box with someone's organization. So, but I would say 99% of the time it's people who truly authentically want to integrate it into the culture. And I'm working with, you know, whether it be the VP of sales or you know, the founder of a company, et cetera, that, you know, have, have influence and, and impact and reach. And they, as we're working together, they're integrating the tools and practices into how they work. Um, so yeah, I would say that's how, and I haven't, um, maybe you're making me think, actually, I'm thinking of like people from three years ago. I'm like, I should actually go back and check of what are you still, you're inspiring me of, you know, what are you still using? Is there anything that's dropped off? Um, but what I get at the beginning is this, this commitment, you know, uh, and it's not, it's not just an activity like a yoga class that you're going to do. Right. Like I'm going to do chai today. I yeah. feel so good. And then it's like, oh, okay. That was, yeah. that was hard. Not, not that that's not good. Yeah. But you know, I'm, I'm teaching people how to think and then how to interact with others. So I don't know how you could maybe unlearn it unless you were like, no, I don't want to be happy. I want to be miserable. You know, no, I <laughs> that misery is actually way better. Mm. Yeah. I'll go back to that. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> right, right right exactly yeah yeah but i would imagine i you know for me if i was doing an investment in happiness i would i would want to stay there <laughs> i would want to to stay in the space of happy but i love that you're talking about the incorporation because if you're incorporating different measures or practices or even even uh, I think in performance management processes ongoing training there's ways to embed these behaviors so that they actually can be part of processes, standard practice and measurement. So yeah. that's, that's tremendous. If yeah. you had to say uh, a couple of tips mm -hmm. on, on things that you've seen be quite successful yet simple, because I think mm -hmm. we're at an age now where it's, there's so much um, stimulation. Yeah. And information. Absolutely. And information. Uh, because the internet, social media, uh, you know, all kinds of places where you can get things. And I think we, we've somehow gone back to keep it simple. You know, what are, mm -hmm. what are some of the things that I can do that are not difficult? I can incorporate into my routine and this is actually going to have a meaningful impact on yeah. you know, me on as a human being and how I yeah. show up in the world. What are, what are some of the things you've seen be successful? Yes, yes, yes. So I'm going to say, I'm going to start off with some basic, simple reminders, um, and then I'll, I'll give a few other ones. So I, I say this quite often that in our society, the beauty, whether it's male, female, all genders, but this, the, this, the um, industry of how we look, call it the beauty industry, right, is a multi, multi-billion dollar industry globally, right? It is so huge of look great and look great and you will be happier, be more successful, find the mate, blah, 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 right? The stories that, it, that we're constantly marketed to. And what I say is you need to take care of your physical body. So sleeping a minimum of seven hours tonight, a night, eating five to seven servings of fruits and vegetables, drinking water, exercising a minimum of four to five times a week, um, meditating, right? You have this physical body, take care of it to be happy, to take care of your brain, 
There's a side bonus that you will look attractive, right? That, but that should not even be in your motivation because that's extrinsic, right? We need intrinsic motivation of living, you know, being feeling well, living well, and living long, right? For our friends, friends and family too. So that's one that that mind-body connection, it's never ever separate to take care of your physical body because. It makes you happier. And then I talked at the beginning about all the benefits of, of happiness, right? So that's one for sure. Um, a second would be look at how much time you're spending with your friends and family every single week, some in person, some virtual, you know, we're still in the pandemic. Um, and connect with, because everyone says that the most important thing in their life is friends and family, right? If you were going to die in six months, who would you spend time with? Your friends and your family. Does your time allotment align with your values? You know, or are you pushing it off? Like, yeah, when I when I get that investor funding, I'll spend a lot of time with my wife. Or when I get that promotion, I'll show up at my kids' baseball games. Or you might not be around in six months. Every day is a gift. So the most important piece of happiness is human connection. So really look at that because you don't ever get time back. You're right. We only go forward and who knows? We might not wake up tomorrow. You never know. So that's a huge one. Um, presence is a really big one as well. And this connects, I think, to meaning and purpose of we are always multitasking, but the neuroscience shows that you cannot multitask. If you are doing two or three or four things at once, say you're doing two things at once, your brain is just switching tasks. You cannot do two things at once. So if you're on a date night, don't also check your email. If you are- Who is guilty? There are so many people listening right now, and that is one thing that they could take away from what you said. If there was one thing they could do, I, I think that that's one of the guiltiest culprits. Oh my gosh, exactly. Our phones, our, our phones are robbing us of presence and of mindfulness. And they're also, they're stealing from our relationships, you know? So go for a hike without your phone, just go for a hike, you know? So anyway, this, this sort of idea of single tasking, um, and then, oh God, there's so many, I'll leave with one more is, um, think about, imagine if it was May of 2023. So it's 12 months from now. And how would you answer that? If I ask you the question, what do you want to learn? What do you want to learn in the next 12 months? Do you want to learn French? Do you want to learn how to write a book? Do you want to learn, you know, how to play guitar? Do you want to learn how to uh, give a TED talk? Whatever it is, what do you want to learn? Humans are happier when they're learning. So you don't always need to be, you know, getting your master's degree or your PhD or, or whatever, you know, it could be something small, but Children spend all day learning and growing. And I think that's why they have so much joy. And we need to keep learning and growing because the research shows when we're learning and growing, we're happier. So those are a few. I could I could probably give you 80 more, but I'll stop there. <laughs> but those are a few good ones. Those are a few great ones. Those are huge. And you're right. My face was lighting up when you talked about learning is intellectual curiosity is one of my, my values. Um, I get so excited when there's a conference or something that I signed up for 
that I'm going to go to. I'm like, are you kidding? I'm going to meet this person. I'm going to do this. I'm going to learn this. This is amazing. Um, And you, there's this thing that you're looking forward to. Yes. Because you're, you're, you have that anticipation. Uh, So that is, oh, that is so true. Yeah. And even if it's reading books, watching TED Talks, taking online courses, I mean, there's such incredible opportunity for us to learn. Um, So, yeah. And uh, one other thing that I think is really, really important is giving and generosity. You know, we're a very individualistic society. And I was just talking to someone on the call before this about, um, about community and our connectedness and helping others, whether it's humans, the planet, animals, and you can do this in your work, you could do it in your personal time. Um, but whenever, and this is a great tool of when you're feeling low and you're feeling like the world is just beating you up, you know, life circumstances are not easy. When you turn your attention off of yourself and help others, I say, or the animals or the planet or all three, all you, you, yeah, you get a benefit. It makes you happier. So it's actually, I mean, you could look at it as selfish, but whatever, there's a double benefit. You're helping and you feel happier. About that is it's so true. I mean, I, so I, this is, this is a time when I'm going to get made fun of and I, I, that's okay. I want to adopt a koala because they're awesome. And I would love to, I got this charm bracelet. Cause I didn't I even know you could adopt a koala. Really do that. I'm just saying it's a legit thing you can do. I looked it up. And so I had this Pandora charm bracelet. I'm not wearing it right now. I should have been, that would have been great. But um, it was kind of like a personal vision board that I yeah. was wanting to, you know, create. Love vision and- board. And um, so I had a koala as one of the little charms that was on there because it was a reminder that this is a thing that I want to do because I want to help the, help the koalas and yeah, I want to meet one. I want to fly there and I want to do all that. Um, yeah. But, you know, having something that's bigger than you is is just is always something to look forward to and like volunteering, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if, if, if people are big on that and small. Yeah, big no, it's, it's huge. Something. I mean, the world needs more of it. Our communities need more of it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So many good things. So many good things. Well, I want to spend the last couple of minutes, Tia, with you just going through a couple of quick questions so mm-hmm. people can get to know you. Because okay. that's I love it. Yes, yes, yes. Messages from this podcast uh, is to be, to be unapologetically who you are, and so learning about people and just you know, I, I like people to be encouraged to to share more of who they are with others. That's part of connection, human connection. Yes. Um, so my first my first question for you is: What makes you unbreakable? As a homage to my podcast title. I was wondering when, when it would come up and I'm glad that you asked. Um, what makes me unbreakable is my commitment to myself, actually. And I have a lot of different strategies and tools, you know, in whether it's community, spirituality, like all, all of these different things, but it's um, my prioritize, prioritization of self. And I would say um, that that self-love that that supports my resilience 
you know, when, when life gets hard, when things get really, really challenging and newly, uh, well, in the last seven years, I have two daughters. I have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old, so I can't be broken forever for them also. You know, that's a new purpose in meeting where I had it before them, but now it's the reinforcement. Stronger. Yeah, I'm like, I got these two little girls that I got to be, and I want to be strong for and joyful for and and be there for them. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. All right. What is something that's on your bucket list? Good one. Something on my bucket list. I'm thinking there's a lot of things. So something I would like to do, I'm not at all in a race to do it, especially because I have these pseudo girls and they take a lot of time. Um, But I would love to continue my education. So um, I got a degree in tourism from the University of Hawaii, but I would love to get my master's. I would love to just, cause I love learning just like you. And I do a lot on my own. Um, but yeah, just, just go back to school. I'm thinking positive psychology, maybe others, but just doing research. And so that's definitely on, on my bucket list of just continuing, just continuing my education. Oh, I love that so much. Yes. I'm such a huge fan. Continuous learning. There's yeah. just, it, it's a gift that doesn't, it doesn't end, yeah. you know, Oh, really? let me add one more. I have a dream. I have this vision. Um, sometimes it comes when I'm meditating of one day and I can be 70 years old. Doesn't matter what age, but one day being in a stadium filled with thousands of teenage girls and speaking to them about happiness. So I always speak to adults. I've spoken to smaller groups of um, adolescents, but yeah, that's just a dream that I have, like for a nonprofit that supports teenage girls. Um, that's oh on my, my gosh, that's a manifestation. That's a man. Yeah, put it out there. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's in the universe. It's going to happen. I truly yeah. believe that. Oh, that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Okay, what's a self-limiting belief that you've had to overcome? Oh, that I've had to overcome. Great. I thought you were asking about one that I have right now. One that I've had to overcome is. Um, Oh, so I spent 14 years as a director of sales and marketing in the hotel industry in in Europe and in the United States. And my identity was so tied up into this role and this like, because what do you say? You say, I'm Tia. I'm a director of sales and marketing. I'm Tia. I'm, you know, what's your name? What do you do? That's what everybody asks each other. It's, you know, needs to go away. But anyways, and so I had a limiting belief of, can I be successful? Not that, you know, this is all I've known. I have this huge career. I got this big Rolodex. I have, you know, this is what I'm known for. Now it sounds so ridiculous coming out of my mouth. So the limiting belief was, can I be someone different? Can I know? And now I know I'm like, no, I was always just Tia. That's just what I did for work. Now I do this for work, you know, but it was, it, um, I, I had a lot of fear about, about, that change and that, you know, reinvention, I guess. I think a lot of people can relate having that identity connection to what you do, not necessarily being the only thing that you are. Right. Oh, yeah. You're a human being, right? It's not. Yeah. First and foremost of all things, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. 
Okay, on the other side of that, what's one of your superpowers? Something that you're good at, that you're really proud of? One of my superpowers is zest. I have this zest for being alive. Um, and there's, uh, it, you know, my kid, when I do strength surveys or different things, it like shows it. So, you know, to me, it, it's this, this energy that I embody, this excitement and it's contagious. You know, I'm, I'm, I, with, you know, I, 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 I make others people feel zest too. So I would say that's a, that's a superpower. That might be my new favorite word. I love that word. <laughs> it's so good. And I feel like it's very fitting when you're a chief happiness officer. Um, okay, my, my, my final question is if you could give one last piece of advice mm -hmm. to anybody that's listening, mm -hmm. what would it be? I would say here's one that's changed my life is remember that pain and going through painful experiences is a part of the human experience. And that by you can have a healthy relationship with that pain, or you can have an unhealthy relationship. And by seeing those painful emotions as teachers and not running away from them or, you know, keep it overworking or Netflix or drinking too much or whatever to not feel, but to actually walk towards them and say, this is painful, but what are you trying to teach me? What needs to change um, has, has been a life changer. And I will say the, another, the second piece of that is without realizing it, and I even get caught, I'm a happiness expert and I get caught of this, is we have a belief that if we're doing everything right, we won't have pain. You know, we won't have challenges, but there's no walk without challenges and pain. The human experiences as peaks and valleys. That's, that's what a, that's what a human being, being a human being is. So if you're having pain, if you're struggling right now, it doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. It just means you're a human being. Yes. Oh, that is so true. Okay, this is my PS question because I said that was the last question. Is where can people find you? Oh, yes. So thank you. So um, my website is arriveathappy.com. And you can connect with me, LinkedIn, you know, Facebook, my Instagram is arriveathappy. Um, I have, and then I have a YouTube channel as well, where I do a video every single week. So Tia Graham Arrive at Happy on YouTube. And um, yeah, thank you so much for having me today. Thank you so much for your time. This is tremendous. And I hope that uh, at the very least, people replay this and use this for part of the, the appetizer introduction <laughs> to, to happiness. And then we'll reach out to you for a little bit more, but this has been amazing. Thanks so much, awesome. Tia. Thanks, Des. Look forward to talking soon. Awesome. Chief Happiness Officer Tia Graham. How amazing is it to have that title? Do we not all want to aspire to be a chief happiness officer? That is freaking cool. 
I love that. I just love that so much. What a wonderful conversation and so relevant, so relevant to our lives as individuals, as people who connect with others in the world, especially in the workplace in some type of way. So I took so much out of the conversation with Tia, but what I would leave you with is this. What are your happiness habits? This is a great time to take stock. What are those things that you're doing to improve your personal happiness that influences the way that you show up to others? What does that look like for you? What's that routine that gets you in the energy where you can deliver that joy to the world? Is it that you take time for yourself to exercise, to meditate or journal or just give yourself that you time? Is it that favorite coffee shop that you go to where you get your morning uh, treat before you start your day? Whatever that looks like, it's different for all of us. Examine that routine. Determine if there's anything that you might do differently. And my other encouragement is ask yourself, what does service look like to you? When when Tia talked about that last tidbit, which I think is so crucial around when you're so focused on you and how challenging that can be, is if you shift your attention to others and what you could be doing, what that looks and feels like. How do you show up in service of other people around you? Is it you making a phone call to connect and check in on people you care about? Is it doing actual community service in some way with an organization that you are passionate about a cause for? I'm doing some community service next week, which I'm excited about because I haven't done that in a while. I did volunteer work for the Red Cross when I lived in California, and it was very gratifying to be able to help those who were going through challenging times like fires or disasters. And it takes, it does take the the light off of you so you can give something good to other human beings around you who really need that. It does make a difference. So think about what that could be, whether it's big or small, if it's one time or if it possibly could be repeated or you can make a relationship or some kind of frequency with something that you care about and also maybe with people that you care about. It doesn't have to be done alone. It's something that you may be able to do with others. What could that look like? There's so many different ways that we can improve our happiness, but that is that is one that I will emphasize. So I hope you learned a lot from the conversation with Tia. I appreciate you being here and listening. If you haven't subscribed or followed, please do so. And remember that you are your only limit. So take action today. Tune in again next time for another episode of the Born Unbreakable podcast. Take care.